Hey folks, welcome in to the Gridiron Pick Show. We are entering week eight of the 2022 NFL season. Eight weeks, eight weeks of interesting picks, especially from myself uh, and my co-host, Mr. Ollie Connolly. Ollie, managing editor of Gridiron Magazine, new magazine out this week. Uh, good to see you. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah, magazine week. Looking forward to that. Hopefully people have subscribed or pre-ordered the single issue of the arms race edition. You've um, you perused the magazine. Did you like it? I'm biased because of the company I work for, but I, I really enjoyed it. It was more like I was sitting down going over certain elements to try and help uh, get the word out about the magazine and just, just reading through it. I, I really, really enjoyed it. I enjoyed Nicholas McGee's segment. I enjoyed your segment talking about, about Bill Belichick. And I think the thing which, which was really good about the new magazine was it it covers so many angles. And I think it, regardless of your uh, thoughts on the NFL or your experience in the league, it's a, it's a great read. And it's just, it's... It's it's so exciting, man! Like I'm, I can't wait to hear all your expertise now, your picks after some of those excellent articles. All right, let's get into it. What are we starting with? Let's let's get into, just before we get into it, man. Uh, people listening to this podcast, you'd be aware now, folks. If you listened before, if your first time, we're using odds from Unibet, and if you check out the link that's in our bio, you can use that to sign up, uh, and it gives you an offer. Please do bet responsibly. Take time to think, and only bet what you can afford. We're we're going to start off today by looking at this Broncos. Jaguars game in London on Sunday. It's an early kickoff. Clocks go back in the States. So uh, early kickoff in the UK, early kickoff in the US as well. The Broncos are not favoured for this game. The Jags are favoured minus three in the handicap of four to six. The over and under is 39 and a half at 10 to 11. Jaguars favoured on the money line as well at the same odds as the handicap. Ollie, the Jags last week, maybe you might disagree with us. For me, they should have beat the Giants at the end. The amount of opportunities they had, like... And the amount of incompletions Trevor Lawrence had on that I mean, offense. They drove to the one yard line. I think you'd be in a bit, bit over the I mean, if <laughs> McCaffrey, if sorry, if Christian Kirk is six two rather than five ten, they win the game. So I, <laughs> they were right there. You know? But like the way I see it this week, I just I can see them landing thirty on 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 Denver, and that's why I like the over now. At the time of recording, we're not sure if it was Russell Wilson or Brett Rippon in for Denver. But at the same time, even with Brett Rippon, they put up enough points to try and get to the over if, if, if the Jags can put up 30. I just, even with Russell Wilson, I think there's too many issues there, both with Hackett and that coaching team and the offense is not gelling together. Uh, you're, they're saying Bradley Chubb could be traded early next week. There's too many issues there for me, but in terms of the value, I do like the over because um, you never really know what you're going to get with the Jags. They might come out, put up 15 to 20 points and the Broncos could make a, a, re- a late relay and win the game. But the over is probably the best value for me in that game. Uh, it's a tough one because if Brett Rippon plays, then I struggle to see how the Broncos are going to move the ball against that Jags defensive front. I, I think the idea of the the Jags scoring 30 is pretty optimistic. I mean, they've only scored 30 points once this season, and that was against that horrendous Chargers run defense who couldn't stop anything. The Broncos have the second-best defense in the league by EPA per play, so that that Broncos defense is legit. That's a, that's a top, top elite unit um, in the league. So, And as fun as Trevor Lawrence has been as fun as that offense has been and Doug Peterson is really getting creative and doing different stuff this year than he's even done it in the rest of his career. Moving the ball against that 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 defense is a challenge unless you have a premier box out guy, someone who can go toe-to-toe with Patrick Satan or who you can move on to someone else and then they put Satan on the number two. They just don't have that kind of DeAndre Hopkins 6-4, can go up and get it, can box someone out and win, and you kind of need that to challenge this Denver defense. So I think them getting to 30 save some kind of defensive touchdown because of Brett Rippon plays or some kind of special team situation, I think I'd be 
I'd be under 30. Yeah, I'm just really down on my team at the minute. So that's why I'm that, 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 that's why I'm taking the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm being down because I can't see him scoring points. I couldn't believe the Jaguars last week. That being said, yeah, the Jags are winless against the spread when they've played uh, as three-point favorites or more. They're 0-2 on the season and that there. So don't take my advice, especially on our advice. We haven't said this, Ali, from last week. Both our picks lost last week. So uh, do be careful. I had the Jags and what a brutal one because that was a really smart play. You should have won. In and it should have won. And as I said, if Christian Kirk was three inches taller, it would have won. <laughs> yeah, well, mine with the Lions and the Cowboys was, was of course, never winning, even though we were all on it last week. I was watching the back going, God, Ali, I'm loving your advice here for me. And then boom, it just went. And um, one game that I'm finding hard to call is this Vikings Cardinals game. The Vikings are three point fa- three and a half point favorites on the handicap at 22 to 25 on. The over is 49 at 10 to 11. And the Vikings are favorites for the game 13 to 25. Uh, the Vikings on offense are 18th in the league. Um, Cardinals 16th offense in the league. Do you think that over is being a bit generous? Or it, I mean, I can see a situation where Cousins does all right they get up to maybe 21 points and then i can see a situation on the other side of the ball where kyler murray could make a third or fourth quarter comeback and we hit the over but i i just can't look past the vikings for this game they're they're a better team than the cardinals for me and i'm i'm taking the vikings on the money line that's my selection for this game it's tough because every single thing the Vikings do is average, right? Average quarterback, average offense, even though they've got all those skill position players. And actually, their offensive line is playing really well, probably the best unit they have on the team right now. And an average defense, but you're going up against a group in the Cardinals, which is one of the most boom or bust teams in the league right now. I know they've been in a bunch of tight games, but you just have no idea week to week what you're getting both from them defensively. And then obviously on offense, some weeks defensively, they look unbelievable and they're able to at least contain Geno Smith and the, the fighting Seahawks to a degree, even though that they lose that game. And then they go out and get pasted by Andy Dalton um, and, and have to drop 40 just to stay in, in and win that game. So I, this one to me is, this is classic NFL football. It's two bang average teams. I think the Vikings are a little bit more complete. The Vikings are so hilarious because, as I said, everything they do is average to just kind of above average, but that might make them the second best team in the entire conference because the rest of the conference stinks. Um, so I'm going to go with the Vikings just, but it's it, it would not shock me if we were through the first quarter and it was 14-13, 14-3, sorry, because Kyler had run around a little bit and, and made some magic happen. Is it wrong of me to want to go with the under here? I know we said like, first few weeks of this broadcast where it's like it's it's wrong to go with the under and betting and it's boring and we always want to have more points 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 but something just tells me that they're going to sort of cancel each other out and it's going to be a boring game now now we'll see a game where yeah it's like 42 30 or whatever that game was in first night football last week i guess for the cardinals they've had their break vikings had their break as well if anything they're 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 both going to be more fresh than usual and i love how you're calling the vikings did you call them bang average there now when they're probably going to win the nfc north which shows you how bad the nfc is I think they're the second best team in the conference, but everything they do is average to like slightly above average. Some of the stuff they do is slightly above average. Their quarterback is slightly above average, but you know the rest of the team outside the offensive line is average all across the board. I think the one thing that would give you hope if you're a Cardinals fan is Kirk Cousins has been awful against the Blitz this year. Um, he hasn't been blitzed a whole bunch, but the whole way the Cardinals get any kind of pressure is by sending fire on every single down. So that's the one thing that will give you encouragement. I do think we'll get multiple turnovers on both sides of the ball so maybe that can boost the total just because you're getting short fields for both teams and then suddenly that you start getting into a, a 25 
oh, sorry, 26-21 game. Check out some of them defensive props if you're into that on the bet and exchanges as well. Uh, we're going to look at the Niners uh, against the Rams. And we I think we had got the the week seven pick show recorded, Ollie, prior to the McCaffrey trade, which went down at five o'clock in the morning, my time on Friday, which was just great. I mean, that wasn't an issue at, at all for picks or anything. Uh, the Niners are favored in this game at the time of recording. One and a half point favorites at 10 to 11 on. The over is 42 and a half. Uh, look, I get that the Rams are struggling. The Chiefs pretty much obliterated the Niners last week. Jimmy Garoppolo did not look great last week. Do you think the one on the five, the the, the minus one and a half points in the handicap is favorable? I mean, for me, I, I see more value in the over, but I do see. I mean, it's it's a it's a de facto home game for the Niners playing in LA. You know, isn't it like Le- yeah. Levi South as they call it? I just think they're fourteen in total offense. That being said, from all of that, there McCaffrey's going to give them a different edge. I like the over in this game, but I'm really not sure on the result. I could see the Rams getting the result here on Sunday. I don't think McCaffrey does give them that that much of an edge. I think some of the conversation this week about what they can do with McCaffrey is completely like alien to what the player McCaffrey is. I think people think he's a he's a different player. Like they're talking about the player they want him to be rather than the player he has been for the last three years whenever he's healthy, which is not very often. Um, I, I look at this particularly in, in light of the chiefs game last week the rams cannot in any way replicate the plan of attack that the chiefs pulled off last week which is the ideal way to slow down was being a historic niners defense particularly with those guys they play four down and go right they get upfield quicker than anyone in the league they rush four guys more than anyone in the league and, and don't blitz at all you just cannot replicate that without the speed on the perimeter that the chiefs have and kind of some of the the jet stuff and the horizontal stuff in the backfield that the Chiefs do, the Rams don't have those pieces at all, and they have maybe the worst offensive line in the league outside of the ones that have just been hammered by injuries. Um, everything they want to do on offense is being completely compromised stylistically because of how bad the offensive line is. So to think they could come in with a specific game plan to replicate what the Chiefs do is laughable. Could they maybe hit a couple of bombs downfield, and then it's it's all of a sudden the tight game because Jimmy Garoppolo isn't good enough? That 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 would be the path to victory, I think. Um, it's been the path to victory for them in the past, but they've been really, really close games. Uh, I just struggle to see the Rams consistently moving the ball. It would have to be a couple of three, four splash plays in the game for them to, to put any points on the board. Any games that the Rams have played as underdogs this season, they've lost both, and only one game involving the Rams has hit the over so far this season. That's crazy to think after last year. That's a stat, isn't it? That's nuts. The Rams it's so are- negative for betters. They're 31st in EPA per play. The only offense they're better than is the Panthers. They, they have been a complete tire fire, and it's mostly due to the offensive line and the aging of Stafford. But yeah, against that defense, they, they, if everyone's healthy, I mean, that, that Niners team just seems to be constantly hurt on the defensive side of the ball. But if they've got enough pieces healthy, then yeah, I think the Rams are going to struggle to move the ball. I'm going to take the over 42 and a half. I am tempted to take the Niners minus one and a half in the handicap. But I'm going to take the over and hope that it hits with the Rams eventually. Something has to give surely at some point this year. In terms of, Ollie, this last game, I, I need your expertise because what value is there here for a better? Uh, on, on Unibet, at least, I have seen different exchanges where the handicap is 10 and a half. Unibets is 11 and a half, 11 and a half on the Bills to beat the Packers uh, on Sunday Night Football at 23 to 25 on. The over is 47 and a half. I think from a value point, I mean, this is a team 
Aaron, Aaron Rodgers and, and the Packers last week, they could not get it done against the Commanders. They could not get the ball down the field apart from towards the end. They weren't effective on the run play as much as they should have been. And Rodgers just doesn't seem to have a relationship with his wide receiver core. And there is, for me, there does not seem to be a respect there. Whereas you're going up against a phenom and Justin Hare in, in, in Josh Allen. And this Bills offense, I think, will hit, I think this game will hit the over. Am I crazy to think if the Bills go out and have a stormer of a start against the Packers that at some point that the handicap could even be overdone or undone there by one or two points at the end? I see the value in the over, but I, I don't like that handicap, especially when it isn't even even money at 11 and a half points. No, when you're, if you have Aaron Rodgers as a better and they're giving you 11 and a half points, that's a pretty nice situation to be in, no matter how good the Bills are. I mean, they are a complete freight train. I think what's happened there is that would probably be like a 10 and a half point line, maybe nine and a half points, but the Bills are coming off a bye. So they're rested and healthy and have had two weeks to prepare for a broken offense and a defense that is a complete mess, um, even though it's full of talent. So this could really be them just coming out and running over them. Um, that is probably the smart money. But it is really hard. Winning by 12 points in the NFL is really hard, no matter how good you are. Um particularly when you're facing Aaron Rodgers. I, mean, I think the only hope for the Packers would be one turnovers, obviously shortens the game and, and gives you short yardage. If they can just go with that kind of Patriots game plan from that dodgy Monday night game, remember when it was all the storm in Buffalo and they ran the ball like 50 times, you would have to do that. You would have to shorten the game to such an extreme, just smash the run with Aaron Jones and, and AJ Dillon and try to limit the amount of time Josh Allen's on the field. That is the only plausible game plan because if they tried to get into any sort of a back and forth, then all of a sudden, yes, you're looking at the over. And all of a sudden, I think, yeah, you're probably looking at a two-touchdown win for the Bills and you would, you would hit over on the handicap. So that's the only real logical way I can see the Packers staying in and, and competing in the game. Any time last season or so far this season when the Bills have played as a money line favorite with odds of one to five on or shorter, they've went six and one, which is 85% of games. Uh, and the Bills have only hit the over once this season in the game. They've won 64% of the games last season when they were the favourites. So they've improved in terms of their efficiency, in terms of winning games on that money line situation. But I do like the over in this game. I Just from watching the Packers last week, I have no confidence whatsoever. Don't get me wrong. Washington, fair play to them for pulling the result off. I just... I think we're going to have the same conversation about Aaron Rodgers that we're sort of having at the minute about Tom Brady. I just, it's hilarious how he can't get the ball down the field. Like his relationship with, with Dobbs just seems. Oh, it's yeah. And it's funny because we had all those preseason storylines and everyone doing the camp videos and all that nonsense in the off season that I hate so much. And what, what's weird is they, they, he targets him an insane amount on the short yardage stuff, and that's what their offense has become. It's the screen game. It's like at the line of scrimmage, or we're taking a 40-yard heave down the field. They they have not connected like a single time on any of the heaves, and Dobbs seems to have no idea where he's going or what he's doing on that stuff. But then he'll throw him the ball a ton on the short yardage stuff, and Dobbs isn't making any hate with that either. So it's just a complete mess. I mean, they are... 20 something in epa per play on offense 20 something in epa per play on defense that's just a bad football it's a bad football team with a quarterback playing terribly you know at some point we can't beat around the bush and get into all the nuances oh you know if he did this did that the optionality offense predetermined all that stuff i've, I've come on these shows and discussed the last few weeks he's just been terrible and he's missing wide by a lot and it's not 
little tiny misses and lack of precision. He is just missing guys and missing guys who are open as well, which is the huge, huge concern. So that's a bad football team versus a team that has the third best defense in the NFL, the second best offense in the NFL. So that's a freight train going up against a bad football team and they should run them over with a week's rest. That's just the reality. Anything else, anything of it being within a touchdown, even with Aaron Rodgers is, is going to be an upset. Yeah, like we, we were we, we were in the press conference a few weeks ago when they were saying about, well, look, we're, we're going to try and get it together for next week. They lost that game. We're going to try and get it together for the week after. They've lost that game. And now they're in this situation. So it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, before we give our picks of the week, we've got a, a new addition to the show and he's going to come in more next week. But uh, a, a good... A, a good batting voice, Ollie, to uh, to bring into the show and, and and to get some expert picks and opinions. Yeah, Henry the Degenerate, he's going to join the show as we've <laughs> done this show before. Um, you know, I'm not a huge gambling guy, and we're doing a pick show. I don't think it's necessarily fair to the audience to have me on here pontificating about scheme stuff when they're trying to get some betting picks. So what we did was we brought on a true pro, uh, a financial guru, a betting degenerate. Henry the Degenerate will come on each week, and he'll give us some of his thoughts and comments on the games moving forward and i think he's going to give us a pick of the week or two as well um so it's actually informed betting analysis on the real picks whereas our, our, our mine is shooting from the hip and scheme nerd stuff and then i don't know how, how you go about making your picks but if i was to recommend anyone to follow any of the picks it would be to follow henry the degenerate here is henry's picks for the week so my trap pick of the week um i'm avoiding this game at all costs i i hate it uh, and that's Ravens at Bucks. Handicap at the moment on Univet is Ravens minus two. Uh, and it starts off this morning at minus 1.5. Um, so the money's moving to the Ravens. And I think by Sunday, it'll probably be minus three. Why I don't like this. It's prime time, Thursday night football. It's a well-known rule that it's impossible to bet on Thursday night football and Monday night football. Something goes on during prime time where all your research and expertise goes out the window. I don't know what it is. Something just happens. Um, similar to never bet the early kickoff in British football, uh, it's just something to avoid. And who knows how the Bucks are going to perform? Uh, based purely on recent form, I think the Ravens minus two looks like a great bet. Uh, they have Lamar Jackson. No more needs to be said there. MVP candidate. Um, the Ravens' defense has conceded less than 24 points in the last four games against the Bills, Bengals, and Browns. Three really good offenses. Um, and the Bucks' recent form has been terrible. Look at their result against the Panthers. Just terrible. Um, but there is a reason that this line is tight, and I think this is because Tom Brady is due a breakout game this season. I cannot imagine how angry he would be after the Panthers game, um, and I hate betting against an angry Tom Brady. Uh, I just hate it. It's just it's not it's never a good strategy. Um, also, some stats: Tom Brady is fourteen and three on Thursday night football um, with a win percentage of eighty three percent, compared to his regular season win percentage of seventy five percent. So all in all, I think it'll be a great game of football, um, but it's something I'm completely avoiding on the betting front. So my pick of the week um, is the Patriots at the Jets. The Patriots are one and a half point favorites on Unibet right now. Um, and this is one of those lines you look at and you think there might be an issue with the website. Uh, I love this line. I, I really do. Um, I think there are so many things favoring the Patriots right now. Um, I think they should be at least two and a half point favorites in this game. Let's start with Zach Wilson. Um, Ollie's put out some great analysis on Twitter lately covering Zach Wilson. So I would advise everyone to check that out. Um, but basically, he's terrible. He's a truly terrible quarterback. He hates playing under pressure. If you pressure him, his completion percentage is just terrible, which Ollie can touch on in more detail. But you combine Zach Wilson's issues, which are 
True, they're real. With the Jets also losing their star running back, Brees Hall, for the season, I think the Bill, I think Bill Belichick and the Patriots are going to have an absolute day. Um, and also, I think Mac Jones will be better than he looked against the Bears. Um, he looked super rusty, and I think, and I'm hoping, his form should pick up for this uh, division rival match. And finally, my emotional pick of the week. This is not based on any real analysis or data, um, but a gut feeling. And that is the Dolphins at the Lions. The Dolphins are three-point favourites on Unibet right now. And I really think they should be closer to the four or five. I think if we look at the Lions' defence this year, historically bad. They concede a ridiculous amount of points every single game. And you combine that with Tua coming back from injury. I know he looked a little bit rusty against the Steelers, but there, there, was, there was definitely positives in there. If you think back to the start of the season when Tua was healthy, the Dolphins were scoring 30, 40, 50 points a game. I think if you combine those two different parts, you combine the Lions being historically bad defence and Tua now back, adds Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill to the mix. And I legitimately think the Dolphins could score 40 on their own. Um, the Lions could score 30. You just never know the Lions' offence. Um, and that, but that would still give the Dolphins the win. So that's my emotional pick of the week. Michael and Ollie's bets of the week, Ollie, more importantly, right now, because, you know, we went 0-2 last week together. And I, to, to, to be fair, it was, your, your one was okay last week. And I... I should have hit. I, I, I hate being that person. I know. should have hit. I'm good at this, but that one hit. certainly should have hit, yeah. That was, a, I mean, that was a smart play and should have come up right at the very end of the game. Ollie, that was the flag ball. There was more flags in that game than anything else. It was ridiculous. Mine last week, I think it was under, or sorry, over nine and a half points in the Cowboys and Lions first quarter. And I thought at some point last Sunday when I watched the video back or listened to the podcast, I thought it was a genius. And then I watched the game and <laughs> that's all we'll say. I hope nobody jumped on that. But uh, this week, I've got the Dolphins uh, beating the Lions on the handicap. Now the Lions um, are, uh, sorry, the, the, the Dolphins are minus three in the handicap favorites. The game is in Detroit. But you've got a Dolphins team that are coming back into themselves. Granted, they weren't offensively incredible in any way, shape, or form uh, last Sunday night. But two is coming back. He's going to hopefully be more energized. And I just feel that, as you've said many times, Ollie, both on this podcast and different podcasts throughout the Gridiron Network, their offense is unstoppable when the wide receivers are informed. You cannot cover them all. So that's why I see I, I can see them winning by at least seven points. Um, I really have been impressed with Eden Hutchinson on the Lions defense. So don't get me wrong, there could be at least one or two sacks there on Sunday for him. But I think overall, I think the the Dolphins will get it done. I got to take issue with this Aiden Hutchinson stuff. I think uh, all almost all of his production has been bullshit. And I think people are buying into Ooh. the fact they want Aiden Hutchinson <laughs> to be good because everyone likes Aiden Hutchinson. I like Aiden Hutchinson. He was the second overall player on my, on my board coming out of the draft. I think people like him. They like the Lions. I like Dan Campbell. They want him to be good. They want that team to be good. Go through all of the production. It's all unblocked protection breakdowns or some kind of stunt or twist. He's not beating anyone, essentially, clean off the edge, which is true pass rushing in the NFL and sustainable pass rushing in the NFL. You can get a ton of players who can get their way to have one 12 13 sack season stunting off the edge and there being a protection breakdown to consistently be a 12 13 sack a year to be miles garrett to be tj watt to be the kind of guy that you are when you drafted that high in the draft is that you have to try you have to convert speed to power that's number one you have to beat people clean off the edge at least four times a season and in big big spots and he's not done any of that so i think a lot of that production is just
just people seeing stats and not actually watching the games. That is a historically terrible defense. And by historic, I mean like the worst in 20 years defense. Um, to put them up against this group of wide receivers, you could be looking at record-breaking type totals as long as the receiving core is healthy. Um, they're awful. They're awful. And it's not like they're awful and getting even a little bit better. Some of their numbers are a bit better, but if you watch them, the number of breakdowns every single week is embarrassing. Um, Jeff Akuda, top, top draft pick, has no idea where he is in the field at any given time. No idea where he's in the field. And then there's the worst, the most annoying thing any player in the league does, which is you spend 10 reps having no idea where you're supposed to be or what you're doing. And on the one where the offense kind of bleeps up or the ball just finds its way to you and you make a play, starts flexing on everyone like he did something. It's like, dude, you don't know where you're supposed to be three quarters of the time. And by happenstance, the ball arrives near you and now you're suddenly acting like you're a good player. So I, I think that, that defense is horrible. As much as I like Aaron Glenn, the defensive coordinator, they do not have the pieces to run what he wants to run. The group is awful and he's going up against the most explosive offense in the NFL, essentially. So um, yeah, I think it could be pretty rough. I love that because we had Simon Clancy on yesterday saying he thinks there's Sean Payton away from transforming the Lions. So I, I love that yeah, and I can't I wait to watch the defense. That, that doesn't make any sense because, yeah, Sean Payton is a much, much, much better head coach than Dan Campbell. Obviously, Sean Payton's one of the best coaches of his generation. And that, would he be better there? Would they make the playoffs there? Maybe, probably. But it's not as if Sean Payton's going to come in and radically transform the defense. Sean Payton never even looked at the defensive meeting room. He hired one person... Greg Williams, Dennis Allen, he empowered them to say, "You, I don't care about any of that. Sean Payton was the McVay before McVay. He was the offensive coordinator who also happened to have the title of head coach. He was the core play caller. He was the game plan builder. So that gave him no time to even be asked with the defense. It's not like him coming in is going to magically transform the defense. They would have to change the defensive staff. What they need is talent. They have no talent on defense. The guy they drafted to be their best player, the guy people think is their best player, he's not bringing it every single snap. He's he's flashing. He's shown some signs. The Production is mostly garbage, and he's been okay as a run defender, but it doesn't matter if you're okay as a run defender if the other 10 guys are all out of position. I look forward to watching this game with you on Sunday in Wembley. It's, 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 it's going to be fun. I'll definitely be chatting about it then. I feel like one of our picks are going to come up this week, and it could be yours. Uh, clearly, you're zappy and you know it, or you're all in a Mac Jones <laughs> with this pick. I, I'm all in on Bill Belichick. I cannot believe the... Uh, ludicrousness of this week now has bill belichick made awful awful decisions with this offense this year yes hiring matt patricia was insane trying to change the offense the way they did it over over the course of the offseason was insane they spent a whole year telling mac jones to learn the 2011 pages playbook he went away and did it somehow managed to do that within five weeks of his rookie season and then they said oh mac we're not doing that anymore learn this entire new kyle shahan offense in five weeks please um he says okay i'll go away and do that oh by the way mac you have to now set all the protections it's not the center anymore okay i'll learn all that in five weeks oh two weeks in mac we're not doing that anymore let's go back to the 2011 stuff so the way he's handled this entire situation has been awful bringing in matt patricia failed defensive head coach to run the offense was a ridiculous decision um and then handling how he did this week with the zappy jones situation and trying to platoon them and then not trusting him with the injury does it's just been awful all around but he's still bill belichick and it's bill belichick up against the worst starting quarterback in the nfl right now um and i feel pretty good about that um that if uh, when Brees hall is out and this is an offense that has been trying to hide its awful quarterback 
uh, I feel pretty good about having Bill Belichick. We've seen it the last few weeks, right, against the Lions. A Lions team that's trying to hide Jared Goff in certain spots, and he just shut the thing down. And I don't really care who's playing a quarterback for the Patriots. I, st- I, I just think that, you know, minus one and a half, the Pats will win by a field goal. I love it. I love it. And the Patriots certainly need a win. I'm saying nothing because anytime I say anything about the about the Jets, people seem to hear things like a like a, some sort of siren and they go on to me on Twitter on DMs and say that I'm not a Jets fan and I don't pick Jets. So not going to get involved this week, but I hope your pick comes up, Ollie, and I hope my pick comes up so we can at least go 2-0 on the week. Uh, just a reminder, folks, that if you are listening to this podcast, thanks so much for doing so. We we, we really appreciate it. And we really appreciate the uh, the DMs, the, the questions, everything we're getting. And please feel free to reach out. I'll put my email address in the bio as well. Uh, you can also get on to us at Gridiron on social media, on Twitter, at UK Gridiron on Instagram. And you search Gridiron on TikTok. You can find us as well. Give us a shout. Um, Ollie, obviously the link in the bio for people that want to sign up. Uh, enjoy the action this week. I'll see you in Wembley on Sunday. And uh, look forward to talking a little bit more about Aiden Hutchinson as well. Yeah, catch up with that.